Satnam, Satnam, and welcome, beautiful sovereign women. Welcome to another episode of the Sovereign Woman Women podcast. I want to do before we start to just take a moment to just imagine. Imagine for a moment that if you knew that the key to unlocking the most fulfilling, the most loving, the most conscious relationship, and I'm talking about romantic relationship in your life, was actually hidden in your past. Can you imagine? Intriguing, right? Well, today on the Sovereign Women podcast, as I celebrate with my husband our 26th wedding anniversary, I'm here to share with you my own, our own personal transformative journey. One that goes beyond the here and now, one that dives deep into the depths of looking at our ancestral past in order to transform our present and future relationships. Today on the podcast, we're gonna be talking about how to disrupt these patterns of ancestral toxic karmic relationships by transforming our love story and by looking to ancestral healing as the answer to not only disrupt these patterns, but to heal ourselves and our lineage. This is not just any other podcast episode. This is a revelation, my own personal journey of love, of healing, of empowerment. So if you've ever felt stuck in a cycle of unfulfilling relationships, of infidelity, divorce, toxicity after toxicity, or why, or maybe you've wondered why love seems to just follow this really complicated path for you, then you're in the right place today. Let's unravel these mysteries together. And let's set the stage for a new chapter in your love story. Welcome, welcome, everyone. It's such an honor to be here. So today's podcast episode is all about understanding and breaking free from the cycle of toxic ancestral relationship patterns. And these are the patterns like I spoke about yesterday in the podcast episode. If you missed it, feel free to find it here on my YouTube channel, where I go deeper into the reason and the phases of disrupting ancestral toxic relationship patterns. But these are the patterns that basically we inherit from our families, from our DNA often without realizing. And all of these patterns, of course, significantly impact our relationships. We've been talking about depression. We've been talking about childhood abuse and trauma. All of that is a buildup that ultimately not only impacts you, who you are, how you show up in this world, but all of your relationships and especially your love relationships. That's why this subject matter and podcast episode is so important because this inheritance of patterns that we are programmed, whether it was how we actually saw our parents interact in relationships, or whether it is a long running story of our grandmothers and great grandmothers going through the same toxicity and relationship. These cycles of emotional pain, when misunderstood, can keep us in loops of worrying or figuring out why in the world do our romantic relationships not only not heal, or why do we keep attracting the same individual, the same type of toxic individual into our lives over and over again. By becoming aware of these patterns and actively, here's the key, actively working to change them, we can not only heal ourselves, but we can also positively impact future generations. What a gift to be able to leave to your children, the gift of learning and knowing what a conscious relationship is and also knowing that they are worthy of experiencing one. And you see, this is exactly where my own story took me into my healing journey. I want to say that 
when I first started my healing journey, the fact that I wanted to heal my marriage was one of the driving factors, if not one the leading factor to actually embark upon the healing journey. You see, my husband and I were married when we were super young. We met in, in the summer of high school. I was getting ready to go into high school, junior high and high school. I was 14. We didn't start dating until I was a sophomore and then got pregnant a year later. And within uh, a month shy of me turning 17, we already had a baby. And we were pretty responsible young adults. You know, like I've shared with you before, we found a way to borrow money from our mom, my mom, my parents, my mom and dad, not just my mom. <laughs> my dad's going to be like, what the? And um, we, we borrowed money from them. We never relied on living with our parents, even though we knew there was a baby coming and we were only 16 and 19 at that point. And we borrowed money from my parents. We bought our first little trailer home, like I shared with you before in, in Oxnard or in California. This is like a mansion, you know, they're like probably like $500,000 right now. But back then, of course, they were a lot more affordable. But we bought our own place. We paid my parents back within a year. And we were just basically forced into, because of the decisions we made, to, to become adults very, very quickly. And we never really bought into the idea of, oh, I'm only 16, 17, I'm only 19. We had a baby on the way, so we had to make it work and we had to figure it out very quickly. Our love was incredibly deep and pure. I still remember the first days of us uh, moving in together. It was like bliss. It was like everything that I ever wanted. And my entire pregnancy was a walk in the park. It was, uh, I was so at peace. I was so happy. I was always reading books, eating a lot. My husband and I definitely overindulged in food, but it was just, we were just so comfortable. It was such a sacred union and it felt like everything was right. And even when my son was born, you know, like he was a representation of that because he came from this divine love, this, this, this place of not only wanting him to be here, but also just us feeling so happy with being together. Well, as life started to basically continue, you know, being so young and the stresses of everyday life, of work, of I eventually started working full time myself and my husband, you know, carrying two jobs many times. We we started to embark on the most stressful phase of marriage. And my teacher once told me, or once said, he's already transitioned, Jogi Bhajan, uh, the master who brought Kundalini Yoga from the East to the West. He said that, you know, couples, especially they go through this period, especially when children are super young, between the ages of, you know, zero and five, where there is a, a big uh, risk for the relationship to be rocking or for the relationship to start to fall apart just because of the fact that more attention is needed on the children, right? Um, and other dynamics that start to really come to light, you know, because before this, I hadn't lived with my husband. So now living with him, experiencing everything that we were experiencing as such young children, we definitely allowed the stresses of life to kind of take over. So with time, you know, we started to have a lot of issues around communication. A lot of the patterns in his parents' marriage were showing up as well, the, the negative ones and the positive ones, because one great thing about my parents and his parents, even though I wouldn't necessarily say that 
they had a functional marriage. There was a lot of dysfunction and there is still a lot of dysfunction in, in both of our parents' marriage. But the one thing that they always have shown us, and this is a big part of why I think we never gave up on each other, was the fact that they've been married for almost longer than 40 years, right? They, they never gave up on each other. And then some people do need to end relationships and, and give up because of the fact that the other person is completely abusive or unconscious. I do believe everything is healable, but the other person, if the woman takes the rein, which I'm going to share with you today, how that happened with me. And if she heals herself, that man will heal hundred percent. However, if the karma is too heavy and that man doesn't gravitate towards the healing as well, then absolutely that is why there is separation and there can be sacred holy divorce and there can be a holy process to separating from someone that no longer vibrates in the same frequency as you as I would call it but for us you know that's one of the things that our parents definitely did show as well his parents still married after longer than 45 years my parents as well and just the fact that you know they would they would work through and transcend these very karmic patterns of not communicating of you know all the different things that happen when you have emotional pain when you are going through depression or you have emotional pain it is very difficult for you to allow someone into your life even if you love them to truly be spiritually intimate and also we all know that growing up if you went through any type of abandonment issues like I did when I was left with my grandma when I was little so she could take care of me or things of that nature, you start to develop attachment styles. You know, my attachment style was of the independent, where I put barriers around me, blockages, and I wouldn't let my husband fully in into my heart, even though I loved him dearly. And the reason that was, was because of a programming that I had received as a child that the people that love me the most always abandoned me anyways, whether physically or emotionally. So of course I'm going to protect myself and of course I'm going to always be on the on the lookout to see if you know the other shoe is going to drop. So those were some of the patterns that I was dealing with and as our relationship progressed even though the love was very potent it started to create a lot of issues in our relationship. Miscommunication, lies, I mean him and I went through everything that the, the marriage could go through to break it up. And it was in 20 12 2013 when things got really bad by that time he was going through a very very dark night of the soul he was going through a very dark time in his life his mother my mother-in-law who I love dearly she's an amazing soul and a beautiful human being was going through um, cancer and prior to that his brother had gone through cancer as well and during that time we were so newly wed that I was definitely there more supportive more you know, able to help him through what he was feeling. But by 2012, 2013, without neither of us receiving any healing, him going through a, so much uh, pain, emotional pain because of what his mother was going through. And me, I was on the completely different boat. I was like power stricken. I was at the top of my game in my career and my business as a real estate broker, involved in so many different organizations, president of all these nonprofit or organizations so I was like really power hungry I was like masculine driven all I wanted was to build an empire and I didn't understand my husband I didn't understand his disconnection I didn't understand 
his lack of being emotionally available for me. I never correlated it with the fact that he was going through his own depression. He never even mentioned that that was that was what he was going through. It was until later in our uh, healing journey that I found out that that's exactly what was happening. So a, a wife that is healed will typically respond and being there for her husband, right? And supporting her husband and and helping him. But for me, I took that personal. I made it about myself and I victimized myself and I made it seem like the things that he was going through made him not good enough or basically had me questioning a lot about being in union with him. And a lot of it, of course, was because of the power strike that I was on, this power-hungry abuse that was not helping me at all. And so what ended up happening was that for about a period of six months, I mean, when things finally culminated, we ended up separating. And we had never separated in our life. We had never been apart. We had never even thought of separating. But it got so bad that we just said, we, I can't do this anymore. And we ended up doing that. And through those six months, we we suffered a lot. We I know personally myself, I felt immediately like it was the absolute wrong thing to do. Nobody in our family knew except for my parents. And it was just something that really made me feel completely weird the minute that it happened. Like, even though I was the one that initiated it, it was still something that I felt like it was the wrong decision almost immediately. So then at that point, I started to really get into a lot of healing holistic modalities. And as I started to do that, I received the revelation that perhaps it wasn't necessarily us that needed the healing, that it was perhaps if I focused on my own healing, that maybe our marriage could be salvaged and healed. And that's when I started beginning my own healing journey during that point of separation, which ended up bringing us back together. We decided after a very few short months that that we couldn't live apart, that we couldn't live without each other. But coming back together, we knew that there was a lot of work that needed to be done. When I started my healing journey, I started to realize I was carrying a lot of these patterns that my grandmother had carried that had been passed down to my mom. Even though I had always asked and always focused on never repeating, you know, the same mistakes in relationship, especially, or being a mom as my parents, it was quite the opposite. I was actually doing the exact same things in relationships that they were doing because you could scream it out of the out of your lungs of what it is you want in a relationship. But remember, you're programmed with these patterns in your DNA, in your nervous system, in your brain. So it don't it doesn't matter if you scream it out of the out of your lungs. Your energy is a magnet that then is attracting these things over to you over again and again and again. And so when we got back together, I was like still on my healing journey, realizing that wow, we were both replicating the exact same patterns in the relationship of our parents and our grandparents and that it was time for the healing. And I started to, we, we had tried traditional therapy and marriage counseling, which was useless. It was absolutely a waste of time. All we did was go talk about all the stuff that was, we were in pain about and that's it. Like we would basically come out and it would feel like the wound was even more exposed. Like I felt more angry. I felt, I felt like, mm, more in doubt about the relationship so we're like i'm just gonna we need to stop going right and we even 
we did marriage counseling even before we got married too. Actually, it was a requirement to get married because I was so young and he was so young too. And so it was just something that didn't work out for us. And so that's when our journey really began. I started to, you know, ask God to for the healing of my marriage and for my own healing. And that's when we both decided that we would embark on a journey to go to the Amazon jungle for 17 days to work with plant medicine. And we both, we both did went and we took our children with us. But like you all know, in my story, that was not what was, what healed me. That was like, what gave me the awareness, which showed me how dysfunctional and how toxic our relationship had been. And a lot of it was also because we hadn't be true. We hadn't been truthful with each other. There were so many things that were hidden, so many lies that needed to be exposed that we couldn't fully heal. So then when we came back from the Amazon jungle, you all know my story and you know that Kundalini Yoga came into my life. And when Kundalini Yoga came into my life, I started to integrate all of these things that were shown to me in the Amazon jungle, especially about our relationship. And I started to really dive deeper into the healing journey. I started to really change the structure of my nervous system of my brain. And then through the practice, I actually found this meditation. There's certain meditations in Kundalini Yoga where, which are known as Venus Kriyas. And these are absolutely potent, powerful meditations that are to be practiced with two people in relationship. They can't even be practiced more than three minutes a day because that's how powerful they are. So in my journey, I started to heal myself. And then I found this meditation that was for the clearing of resentment in relationships. So I knew that this is exactly what we both needed. So we started to practice this meditation together. He at that point was doing some meditation. He's actually really great. My husband is really great at visualization and meditation and imagination. But Kundalini Yoga and med Kundalini Yoga meditation was really, um, was really uh, triggering him. The, this was a different type of meditation that he had never experienced before. And I remember at the beginning, when we started to practice the resentment meditation, things got worse before they got better because all of these things started to come up. We didn't even have to talk about them. We didn't even have to acknowledge them, but we ended up doing it anyways. But just the fact that we were finally accepting of how much healing we needed and accepting of everything that had gone uh, happened in our past, that really started to open us up to these levels of healing that we had never experienced. So we practiced that meditation. We kept going. There were days where we did not want to practice the meditation at all because we were so angry. There was so much resentment that was coming up. And it was only three minutes a day. And we kept going and we kept going many times. We had to practice it for 40 days straight. But many times we uh, stopped because we were so angry at each other. Because as we continued to do that, more truth came out, more awareness, more uh, reality that face that we had to face that we never once faced. It didn't happen until probably maybe 60 days into the meditation when we were finally able to stay consistent. We were finally able to come to a point of not wanting to kill each other for everything that we had acknowledged had occurred in our past. And we started to continue with the meditation, continue to meditation where today we still practice that meditation. And it's not like we have resentment still. It is something that has become a sacred practice and a sacred union between him and I. The other reason why we still practice that meditation is because I'm so grateful to that meditation. I'm so grateful if it wasn't for that meditation that we had practiced together, not only would the truth 
uh, not come out so that we could have healed it. But also we wouldn't have been able to sustain the emotions that came with that truth. The ability to transmute those emotions and to go beyond forgiveness, to actually accept with wise with wisdom, to get to a point of looking at him instead of my worst enemy in life, to look at him as my savior, as my biggest teacher, and to start the process of allowing that love that once brought us together to blossom once again. So as I started to heal myself, he started to heal. And he started to embark upon this journey of healing. And that's the whole thing about doing this work, ladies, when you heal yourself. Either A, your significant other or your partner will also join you in the healing journey. And it doesn't mean that he's going to join you in meditation. It could mean that he starts doing things in his life for healing. Maybe he starts working out. Maybe he starts doing his own other spiritual psychotherapy or any other type of therapy. Maybe he does changes to his lifestyle it could look very many different ways I was just very blessed that he saw the changes that were occurring in me and my healing and that he wanted to gravitate and adopt them too he's very aware of the fact that when we heal ourselves we heal generations before and after us so I think a big driving factor for him was also the fact that this healing would bring major healing to our sons which is what ended up happening so fast forward to today uh, last year, we celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary, and we celebrated with our vows renewal in San Miguel de Allende, Guanajuato, and it was in the most beautiful, sacred ceremony that I could ever imagine. When we first got married, we we didn't have a big wedding. I, I got married in a black dress, pregnant, and he was in a suit. I mean, we were really happy, and before the judge even finished saying what he needed to finish, I was already saying, I do. But, you know, I never had the traditional wedding. So it was something that I never wanted before. But as I started to heal my relationship with them and heal their vision with myself, it was something that I really wanted. It was something that I wanted to experience. Not only my father, you know, walking us down the aisle, walking me down the aisle, but also just experiencing this union of love. So we ended up having a traditional ceremony one day through the church, um, just the way you know, it was done in our generation. But then we also had the day before we had a spiritual ceremony all in San Miguel de Allende, Guanajuato, which any of you, if any of you have been there, it's the most gorgeous place in Mexico. But the day before we had a, a beautiful spiritual ceremony with the spiritual teacher who brought us into union with this beautiful ritual. Our family was there and it really marked the beginning of a brand new cycle for us. So even though today, December 6th, we celebrate 26 years of marriage because we first got married on December 6, 1997 in California. We also celebrate a year of, of a brand new cycle in our life. I think the healing in our relationship and marriage fully came home around 2018, 2019. And we started to really live our, our conscious cycle of marriage around that time. But the renewal, the vows renewal really symbolized this complete ending to an old cycle and this, this beginning of a brand new legacy for ourselves and for our children. So it marked a very beautiful, fruitful time of new beginnings and of telling a new narrative and a new story as it relates to our love life and our relationships. And so through that journey, there were a lot of things that I had to acknowledge and learn. And I now see 
the step-by-step -step process of what occurred and also how or any of you that are going through relationship struggles, whether you are healing your marriage, healing a relationship, or whether you are seeking or in search of your twin flame or your soulmate, which is ultimately what my husband is to me, this step-by-step -step process is going to help you so that you don't give up and so that you don't feel that there are no good men in this world because there are, or that you will forever be uh, cursed to not align with these conscious, beautiful men that actually are in this planet. So first and foremost, you have to be okay with awareness. You have to be okay with identifying your toxic relationship patterns. I mean, I had to, instead of playing the victim game and blaming him for everything, I had to take accountability and responsibility for my own life. And I had to bring the focus back to me. And I had to look at not the synchronicities or the coincidences that I was literally acting out of the same pattern as my parents were and as I saw my grandma act out of and I had to really be honest about that and stop trying to change him and instead really look within to see what I could change about me and my relationship dynamics in order to heal the marriage number two with that came a lot of awareness and acknowledgement so first identification of these toxic patterns and then a lot of awareness and acknowledgement where I didn't have to accept them as my reality, these patterns, but I had to acknowledge that they were part in of me. And this is this recognition is powerful because this is literally the first step. This is you giving yourself permission to actually change them. See, we're mostly, especially as women, we're in denial and we're constantly blaming our husbands for all the things that they're doing wrong. When we have all these barriers up, we're constantly complaining and negative, you know, one of the things that I heard um, that there was a study done in, in for men and they asked men, you know, what's the one thing that makes you commit to a woman? And it wasn't the looks, it wasn't the body, it wasn't how much money she made. What men uh, said was that the way they would commit to a woman is how that woman made them feel. And if that woman is going through emotional pain, depression, she doesn't love herself, she doesn't have high self-esteem, self-confidence, she doesn't feel good about herself, you better believe that woman is not going to make another man feel that way or anyone else. So if we do not acknowledge these toxic patterns, these negative emotions within us, we'll never be able to feel good about ourselves and we'll never be able to feel good about another human being, which will create a blockage and barrier that will not allow that person to be intimate with you. So it's like we blame them but we're not releasing these barriers also because of the lack of acknowledgement and awareness, which leads us to the next step, which is all about the tools for healing. Now I shared with you traditional therapy and marriage counseling did not work for us. In fact, it opened up a wound that really I thought would be at one point unhealable. What ended up happening for me was finding Kundalini yoga meditation and therapy, connecting deeply to my practice of A Course in Miracles spiritual psychotherapy. Why? Because through that, I was able to do the very important work of forgiveness, of forgiving him, but then ultimately also forgiving myself for being unconscious in my relationship, right? I had to also work on the patterns that were engraved in my nervous system and in my brain. These are programs that when not addressed, this is why traditional therapy or pharmaceuticals will not help. You have to get to the level of the DNA 
Because when you do, you start to shift your perceptions about what happened in your past. You start to work through that holy, sacred work of forgiveness in a way that will allow you to reach these points of acceptance and ultimately wisdom to be able to one day, you know, him and I now, his, he recently was, he, him and my sons own a, a contractor company. They're, they're contractors, construction company, and they love what they do. But he also uh, is very into holistic healing methods and he's an incredible healer himself. And he recently, you know, was, uh, he became certified for hypnotherapy and through a really amazing program here in Scottsdale, Arizona. So now, you know, that we've done this inner healing work, that we found these holistic healing tools, we're now working together to put together a program to help marriages, to help couples heal from these very toxic ancestral relationship patterns. So these holistic tools were life-changing. Without them, we couldn't have forgiven. Without them, we couldn't have come into union. Without them, we couldn't have disrupted the pattern at the level of the DNA, which inevitably would have made our story the same story as our ancestors. We would have stayed separated. We probably would have gotten divorced. And who knows, by this time, maybe we would already be exchanging a new partner again. Because remember, it's not about getting a new partner. Your energy is going to attract the same partner over and over again. So these holistic tools became absolutely crucial in order for us to do that. We also had to rewrite the narrative. You know, So this is about creating a brand new story for your relationships. And this involves consciously choosing different actions and reactions. The way we communicate now, the way that we deal with conflict and challenges, because there still is, but it has nothing to do with the same conflicts or the overstepping of boundaries that used to happen before. We're not talking about disrespect. We're not talking about losing trust or, or betrayal. That's not what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about being hangry and uh, forgetting to do something, things of that nature. But even when it comes to that, before something like taking out the trash would literally cause World War III, where now there's compassion, there's patience, there's equanimity, there's understanding, which is something that never happened before. And then ultimately what was the most beautiful step of this process, which is something that will happen in your life or a new partner will come, which is still a win for you, is the collective healing that started to happen. If you're in a relationship where you're trying to engage in healing practices yourself, inevitably, if this partner is meant to be with you, he will also engage. Like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to start meditating with you, but he will do something in his life, the lifestyle that he lives to actually change these patterns because he's inspired and he sees what's going on within you. And this only happens, ladies, if you are truly focused on healing yourself and you're not rubbing it in his face or telling him he needs to heal too or making him feel guilty about all the things he's doing wrong. This is you leading by example and knowing that when you heal seven generations before you heal and seven generations after you heal and that that absolutely impacts your partner, your children, and of course, everyone around you. So what this started to do, this, this process or this process for you becomes of your partner gravitates towards that healing with you or you that partner leaves, which that's not a bad thing either. There are many women in my academy who have come with very toxic relationships and truly the pattern that they're here to break is to end these relationships, to, 
to come to divorce, to finally say, you know what, it's over and not stay in the abuse, not stay in the toxicity. Because like I said, that other person has to release themselves from all these karmic imprints to be able to feel worthy of the healing. Because when you start to heal, you are no longer in the same vibration and frequency as what attracted that negative toxic relationship. So it's almost like you're at different frequencies now. So that other person has to come to the level of your frequency or at least have to want to or desire it. Because if you don't, you're always going to be like this, ascending the ladder of consciousness, not better, just ascending the ladder of consciousness, which then inevitably, what is that going to do? It's going to leave the other person behind feeling lost, resentful, and all these different things that will inevitably break up the relationship. But you'll know you're on the right path when the collective healing starts to happen. And like I said, for me, I went on my healing journey. Well, we both went to the jungle in 2015. So he was already on his healing journey then. And he was doing his own thing. But it wasn't until like 2017 that we started to actually practice Kundalini Yoga together, that meditation. And that's when things started to speed up very quickly and bringing the whole healing um, circle home and being able to, to uh, speak our truth. Now, there are some major pitfalls and, and challenges that women go through as it relates to disrupting ancestral karmic patterns of toxic relationships. And the three biggest ones is overlooking the patterns and just settling for an unconscious toxic relationship. How many women are in a relationship where they're incredibly unhappy and they don't want to end it because of the kids or because of what people will say or they're just living a double life? It's very sad. And that happens because we are overlooking these patterns. We're just settling. Or even worse, we're so overwhelmed by them that we just end the relationship, right? So instead of looking at our patterns, we're like, I'm going to end it and I'll just find a new one, which what happens then? You find another person that at the beginning is so amazing and so dreamy. And then a few months in, bam, what happens? All of a sudden the true colors come out and now he's the exact duplicate of your father or your mother. And here we go again. So overlooking these patterns is, is a big, big pitfall. It's a big challenge. It takes courage and awareness. The other thing about this healing journey, holistic healing journey of healing your relationship, romantic relationships is you cannot expect immediate results. This, you cannot rush your healing. We, we were programmed with these uh, toxic relationship patterns as we were children, our parents went through this our grandparents went through this as you can see we began our healing journey really our marriage back in 2014 with the culmination in 2015 and finally coming to heal 2017 why there was a lot of integration of work that needed to happen between there it wasn't the jungle experience it was what happened afterwards the spiritual psychotherapy classes that i had to take of course in miracles to change the narrative and to truly be able to forgive the spiritual, the uh, Kundalini Yoga therapy classes that I had to actually integrate in order for my brain chemistry to start to change, for my nervous system to start to change, so that I could stop feeling so resentful and angry and use those energies instead to understand and learn to accept. So we cannot expect immediate results. And that's one of the things about this journey that like people jump on this holistic journey and they like a pharmaceutical, they want to go numb right away or they think it's going to change overnight. You know, you have to commit and know that. Sometimes it feels like it gets worse before it actually gets better. So it's very important for us to adapt the right mindset. We have to be open and willing to change. And what A Course in Miracles says about willingness is all you got to do is show up. You know, what that means to me is 
uh, I have a daily spiritual practice, a daily Kundalini yoga meditation practice and a daily, of course, a miracle spiritual practice. Even now that our relationship has healed, I have that's willingness because that's me showing up and showing God that I am willing to change my past or these patterns that don't work for me. Same with you. When I have women join my academy, they just have to be willing. What does that mean? They got to do the work as hard or as difficult or as daunting as it seems. And then I'm not talking about you have to go labor for 40 hours or you have to go meditate for eight hours. No, you have to do the spiritual psychotherapy exercise, which is probably going to take you five minutes. And then you have to do the, the specific meditation that's going to help you with whatever you're working on specifically in that pattern for three to 11 minutes a day. I mean, we're talking about as little as eight minutes to as much as 20 minutes a day. And if you're not willing to put that into your life, then you're not willing to heal your relationship, period. So the mindset is I'm willing because I'm going to follow a path that someone else has already taken and I'm going to follow it to a T, just like you would in business. You know, I have a business coach and she gave me the uh, uh, blueprint of what I need to follow to get from here to here. She's done it before. So I'm following A to Z, what she's telling me. And I can't get creative because I haven't reached where she's at and where I want to reach. So you have to be very committed and you have to be very disciplined. That's where community helps you out. And of course, having a mentor and a coach. The other thing about your mindset is you have to absolutely understand the power of forgiveness and self-compassion in this healing process. Again, when we go to traditional marriage counseling or marriage therapy, there are no exercises for forgiveness. I mean, there's talk about it, you know, but how do you actually forgive? What are the things that you need to know and integrate about what occurred to you in order to forgive? This is where self-compassion truly develops. And this is why we cannot bypass the inner work of forgiveness, which became a huge part of my healing journey, which is why it is a huge part of my academy and the group coaching program that we have. Now, if you're struggling to reflect on how these patterns have shown up in your life, you can ask yourself a couple of questions to help you. This will be your homework for today. You know, what are the small steps I can start to take today towards healing? What are some of the small shifts I can start to change these actual patterns after acknowledging that I have them in me? You know, whether it's codependency, independent, you know, there's a, a diagram that I give my academy um, clients that shows them, first of all, it's an assessment that allows them to reflect upon what are the specific toxic relationship patterns that they're operating under. And then also a diagram that shows them the different attachment styles that we develop as children. So here I am, I'm acknowledging and aware, and what can I start to do? So what are the small things that I can start to do today? Keeping in mind that that has to reflect back to your nervous system and your brain. The other thing you can ask yourself is, what aspects of your relationship have improved with these changes? And what can you do differently as you're on the journey? Because again, it's not overnight. So as I started to heal myself, I started to reflect upon what aspects of the relationship started to improve. And there was so much. The lack, the lack of reactivity, the respect, the, the no more lies, the trust, the, the inspiration that my husband continues to provide to me every single day. So if you, you got to address also the things that are working right, so you can do more of that. 
you want to stop doing the things that don't work, but you also start to really look at, oh my God, there are some great things in our relationship that I can really focus on expanding because that's ultimately what relationships are all about is expanding what's good in that person, not what's bad. And we do the opposite. Why? Because we do that to ourselves. We only look at what's bad in us. So of course, when it comes to relationships, we're doing the same thing to them. So this is why healing yourself is incredibly important. So to wrap up on this very, very important pattern that we all need to discuss. First of all, I truly hope that this podcast episode has been enlightening for you. I hope that it has revealed the truth about the healing journey, especially as it relates to healing your relationships. Now, I'd love to open it up to any of you. If you yourself are going through a specific struggle in your romantic relationships, please drop a comment below in the in the comments here and let me know how this is showing up in your life. Beyond celebrating today, 26 years of marriage, I'm honored and excited and completely in deep gratitude because of the conscious, beautiful relationship that I currently have co-created with my husband. I knew that deep down in my heart that I wasn't going to be just another statistic of a, a teen parent getting married and ending it in divorce. I knew also that I could and I was worthy of receiving and allowing a beautiful relationship where I felt safe, where I feel where I could feel open to be intimate and where I felt seen. And that is exactly what God delivered to me. And that only started to happen when I realized my worth and when I started to change the patterns of relationship toxicity within me. And you can do it too. Remember, don't give up on yourself and don't give up on the journey. Everything is healable because everything is forgivable. I want to thank you all so, so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. Like I said, please share your comments below. I'd love to respond to them and get back to them. Some of you are sending me private DMs and PMs. Definitely send them that way as well if you feel that it is difficult for you to be more vulnerable about the subject matter. And I'll be looking out for those as well. Thank you once again for joining me. I love you, baby, to my beautiful husband. Happy 26th wedding anniversary. May we grow old together and may we continue to build the legacy of love, of unconditional forgiveness, and of consciousness for ourselves and for our lineage. Happy 26th wedding anniversary, my love. And thank you to all for joining us today. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking. Thank you for sharing with your community. Remember that together we are fostering a community where we disrupt all ancestral karmic patterns of emotional pain. Be blessed, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.